really glad that you guys are here. Uh, I want to pray as we get started. And what I want to do is I'm actually going to teach you this morning about five things that God has blessed you to do. You're disciples of Christ. Five things that God has blessed you to do. And before I even pray, I want you to know this. The five things that God has blessed you to do, first, first, he's blessed you to be. Because your doing comes out of your being. But I'm going to focus on the doing because we're all about action. But the action comes out of who he's made us to be. Everything he's blessed us to do flows out of who he's blessed us to be. That when we come into relationship with Christ, we're not just an old thing cleaned up. We're not just an old thing that we just tightened the screws and put some WD-40 on it and made it a little bit better. He didn't restore an old thing. He made us completely new. So we deal with old things in our life from a new perspective. He made us new. When we gave our life to Christ and we made a decision to follow Jesus, do you remember the day when you made that decision? Do you remember the day when you're like, you know what, you know, I need a Savior. Like, I can't save myself. And you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You made that decision. You took that step. You became, you became something that has never existed before. Christ in you. And he may, he, he's blessed you to be a new creation in Christ. You may look like, smell like uh, who you used to be, but you are not who you used to be. And one of the greatest pieces of advice I could give you as a disciple of Christ is to no longer, I mean to stop, just stop viewing yourself, viewing God, viewing yourself, viewing your life the way you used to before you were saved. You got to stop that. That's who you were. That's what it was. This is who you are. And if you know that you've been blessed to be something different, then you can do something different. If you do something different, trying to be something different, you'll stay the same. You can do something different and gain the whole world with using the principles of God, the principles of the kingdom of God. You can do something different and not be in relationship with God, gain the whole world, and never be anything different. Because what you do does not create who you are, but who you are will create what you can do. And we want to be people that don't just have success in this life, by doing things differently in our own strength that can, that can fool us into thinking we are something different. You ain't no, nothing different just because you do something different. Because doing doesn't create being. Being creates doing. But we're disciples of Christ who have been, been made new. Anybody been made new? We've been made new. And if we've been made new then we can start doing things out of our new identity, stop doing things out of our old identity, and start doing the things that God has blessed us to do because we know he's blessed us to be. And since he's blessed us to be, he's blessed us to do. And we live with an attitude of empowerment, not entitlement. And what ends up happening is 
Our actions match our identity, and the world gets to see not only who Christ is, but who Christ made us to be. And we're evidence of his glory. We're workmanship of his creation. The devil's used our life way too long to influence people. And if we change, if we have a, real, a revelation of our new being in Christ, as a disciple of Christ, then we can start saying, you know what, it's time for action, but not performance-based action, promise-based action. Performance-based action is I do something to become something. Promise-based action is, God, I thank you for your promises, and by your promises, you have made me new. I'm a partaker of this divine nature, so I'm going to do something that's in agreement with, what, with who I am now. Well, Pastor John, what if it doesn't feel comfortable? It didn't feel comfortable when you first started sinning. I remember the first time I drank alcohol. Tastes like diesel fuel. But the sin in me was like, drink a little more. I wasn't comfortable with it. I was scared to death. And so there's some things when you become new in Christ and you're blessed to be new and you start doing new. And these five things I'm going to show you today, Lord willing, I'll get done with all five. <laughs> I knew you were thinking it. I just was going to say it. Uh, that, that you'll start taking action on who you are. And stop taking action on who you were. Amen? Why don't you look around somebody you think, and some of you think this would apply to and say, I think he's talking to you. So Genesis 1. Starting at verse 26 and going to verse 28. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us. We know you've created us. Uh, you've blessed us. We were recreated in Christ. You've blessed us to be um, new creations in Christ. All things have passed away. And all things are new. They're all of God. And we thank you for it, Lord. And we pray that you help us out of your grace and out of your truth in our life and you empower us to action that matches our identity in Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. So Genesis chapter 1, uh, Genesis, if you haven't found it, it's in the very front of the book. And uh, Genesis chapter 1, let's just start in verse 26. Uh, when you got it, please loudly say got it. got it. And then God said, let us us, as a whole other sermon there, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Now, real quick, our image and likeness, image is the outward thing, like a photograph. Image is you, you look like. Image is you look like. Uh, but likeness is you act like. So we're made, we're created to be these five things. Uh, when, when you and I are born again, these five things that I'm going to share you are true, but all five things come out of the image and likeness. The image is I look like God. The likeness is I act like God. So my actions not only look like God, it, it acts like God because I'm made in his image and his likeness. He, he's not coming down to our image coming down to our likeness. The Christianity of being a disciple of Christ is not Jesus looking like us. He, he came to us to save us and redeem us so we could be recreated in his, in his image and likeness. So if you don't get nothing else out of today, which you should, one of the greatest things you could get is this, is what you're doing, is what you're doing in your life, your sense of who you are and the actions of what you do, does it look like and act like Jesus? And if it doesn't, 
If it doesn't, then you need to change. Matter of fact, in our society right now, your worldview is so important. And we are disciples of Christ. In our, in our world, what happens is, is there is no absolute truth, is what most people think. And so there's your truth, and then there's my truth. My perspective is my truth. Your perspective or your opinion is your truth. But God's perspective is truth. So there's things that are, Alvin Moore taught great on this one day, there's things that are true in our life, and then there's truth. And so there's bad things that are true realities in our life, difficult things that we're having to deal with. But as we deal with these things that are true, we have to deal with them from a perspective of the truth. The truth. And so as disciples of Christ, our worldview has got to be shaped by the image and likeness of God. Does it look like Jesus? Does it act like Jesus? Matter of fact, I just want to say this to you, and I believe this is by the Spirit of the Lord. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Get your ears back on Jesus. Get your heart back on Jesus. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? I'm too busy on Facebook. I got one thing you could do. Just a stab in the dark. See, what if we allowed the words, the words from the news and the media and from our friends and from our posts and from social media and from all this kind of, what if we allowed those words that bombard us and impact us so much? What if we were like, you know, time out on that. I'm going to come over here and let the word of God begin to impact me. And then not have the temptation to go post everything I receive. Here's a crazy idea. Crazy idea. What if instead of like, oh, I'm going to post that. What if we just like, you know, I'm going to go live that. I'm just going to go live that. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to fix the world. I'm not going to try to go up to this level, this sphere of influence up here, which I have no authority in right now and try to share my opinion with the world to change the world because this is right. How about I just bring it down to a place where God has given me authority and live it. Live it. You're disciples of Christ, and your worldview and who you are and what you do has got to come out of who he is and what he does. Who you are and what you do. If you're a disciple of Christ, who you are and what you do must be the overflow of who he is and what he does. Look like Jesus, act like Jesus, because we are one with Jesus. We're one with him. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus, get through this. Hmm. So, verse 26. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Uh, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him male and female. He created them, and God blessed them. Everybody say blessed. God blessed them. He blessed them. And he blessed them to be, and he blessed them to do. He blessed them to be, and he blessed them to do. And all of their doing flows out of their being. Blessed them to be and blessed them to do. God blessed them, and God said to them, notice the blessing is, is voice activated. Bless, the power of blessing and the power of curse the power of God and the enemy. 
Light and darkness are both released through words. What you say to yourself, what you say to other people, both released through words. So he blessed them by saying. If you're in here, it's like, well, well, my words really don't matter. Your actions matter, and there's many, your actions can speak louder than your words. However, your words matter. The goal is to have your actions match your words. Because sometimes it's, it's, we, we, it's do what I say, not as I do. Here's a quick thing I want to do with y'all, and I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to have fun. I ain't been here for three weeks. I'm just going to have fun. I'm, I'm going to give you the five things, so chill, but we're going to have fun. So get everything out of your lap. Those who want to participate, if you don't want to stand up and participate, you don't have to. But those who want to, uh, just put your stuff down and just stand up. Let me see if you're ready. Upstairs and downstairs, stand up. Okay? Well, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Stand up. This is what I'm, I'm going to do. I am going to give you instruction. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, and just, all you got to do is just, just obey and nobody gets hurt. Okay? That's all you got to do. And so even at home, even those watching at home, I want you to, you know, quit doing whatever else you are doing. Um, wake up if you fell asleep as your pastor is teaching and, and, and get up and stand up right there in your living room. Stand up. And, and, and do this. So uh, get ready with your hands. Get your hands free. Get ready with your hands. So don't just be like this, your hands in your pocket. Get ready. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. Clap my hands, okay? I'm going to say one, two, three, go. Clap my hands. See if we can all do it. Ready? I want one, sa- I'm all, I want one sound together. One sound. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And we're going to clap our hands. I want one sound at the same time. See if we can get one sound. See how much rhythm we got. All right, are we ready? Everyone good? One, two, three, go! (laughs) Y'all did what I did, not what I said. (laughs) Now you can sit down. You did what I did, not what I said. So mom and dad, let me help you out. Why does my kid keep doing blank, 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 blank? Because I keep telling them not to. They're watching somebody do it. Oh, I tell you what, it's the school. It ain't been there. (laughs) You know, might want to look closer to home. I'm not trying to judge. So in every relationship in our life, if you own a business, if you work in a business, a coach, a parent, husband, wife, sibling, child, it's, it's people do what you do. So what we have, we have to understand is who I am determines what my actions. My actions do not determine who I am. If I forget who I am, I'll have the wrong actions. So I want my life to be in his image and his likeness. He's blessed me to do five things. And so people do what you do, but they, what you say is so important. So our words need to match our actions, and our actions need to, ma- need to match our words. That make sense? Amen? Okay. So um, in verse, I don't know if I got through all of it. So verse 28, And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So the first thing that God has blessed you to do is to be fruitful. 
He's blessed you. He's already blessed you to be fruitful. You have the capacity to be fruitful because of who he made you to be. You have the, the capacity right now in Christ. If, if you have put your faith in Christ and made a decision, it all starts with making a decision to follow Jesus. But if you've made a decision to follow Jesus and you are a disciple of Christ, right now you're a new creation. You may feel like the old you. You may look like the old you. You may even act like the old you, but you ain't you. There's a new you in you. And you can't do something in order to be, you can't do something new in order to become something new. You can do something new because you have already become new. You don't have to keep smoking if you don't want to. You don't have to keep drinking if you don't want to. You don't have to keep lying if you don't want to. You don't have to stay broke if you don't want to. You don't have to live in that nonsense and repeat the same old stuff because that's, that's just my life. That's, that's who you were. That's not who you are. He's blessed you. He's blessed you to be, and he's blessed you to do, and he's blessed you to be fruitful in the physical and in the spiritual. In the physical, he's talking about be fruitful, have children, and and ultimately you're going to multiply, be fruitful. But in the spirit, you talk about the fruit of the spirit, there's a fruitfulness in you of you cultivating what God has put in you, cultivating the seed. You begin to take the seed of his word and sow it into your heart. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. with You you start thinking out out of the word of God. Well, what's the word of God? The word of God is the description and definition of your new identity in Christ. It's not a list of rules that you need to do in order to become. It is, a, it is a description of who you were in sin and who you are in Christ. And it describes the new Christ in you, the new you that lives in you because of the Spirit of God who lives in you. And you take the word of that and connect it with the Spirit of God, and suddenly you begin to look like and act like Jesus because you know He's blessed you to do the things He's already done and continues to do. And you just take authority in that. And you say, I'm going to be fruitful. And you know the the Scriptures, I'm going to just skip through them real quick. John 15, He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He says, those who stay or abide in me, this is the complete Jewish Bible. I love this translation. It says, and... uh, Stay united with me. See, what breaks your union with God? Well, I just, I just feel God all day long. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about what breaks your union with his word. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of things we do that we're trying to be busy, but we're not effective. Because we, we, we do stuff trying to start stuff. But then there's things we start. Lord, deliver us from what we started. <laughs> Pull us out, save us, redeem us from what we thought was a good idea. Anybody ever had that? And how about I just come back and just sit, just sit at your feet and just, Lord, what's your idea? Let me just start with that. Let me measure twice and cut once. Let me just start with that. And, and so uh, the reality is, is we can do, you can't do a thing. I love how it says it. You can't do a thing. You can't do a thing. 
No, that's not true, Pastor. I can do this, and I can do this, and I, yeah, you can do that in the earth, and you can even have success in this earth. But what the scripture is saying, you can gain the whole world, have all the business and money you want, be as successful as you possibly can be in this world. But if it's not done through Jesus and in glorifying Jesus, it dies with this world. We as disciples of Christ can be successful not only in this world but in the world to come because everything we do comes out of who he's made us to be and our success is, mu- is eternal first and then it becomes physical because it's who we are, therefore what we can do. We're not like the world who tries to do something in order to become something. We've became something by faith in Christ that is eternal. Our identity is now eternal. And now that we're with him and we stay united to him, this, we, we can bear fruit. We can bear fruit. But without him, we can do nothing. And if you're sitting here thinking, no, 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 I've got this accomplishment, this accomplishment, and my money, and my car, and my degree, and my this, and my that, and my whatever. If you're hiding in that to, to show who you are, See, some people try to be self-made. I'm a self-made man. Well, that's pretty pathetic. Reminds me of the Old Testament of people taking a piece of wood, cutting it, shaping it, working it, fancying it all up, setting it up on a platform, and then bowing their knee to it and worshiping the very thing that they just made, calling them the deliverer. It's a false way of self-idolatry. When we stay united with him, united with him, then our success lasts not only through the seasons of storms. It doesn't just last through coronavirus. It doesn't just last through through what the world calls a recession. It lasts because our, our anchor is behind the veil. I don't know if you read the end of the book, but God and God's people do not lose. So we've got to be fruitful, and we've got to, Walking this, and he says he wants us to bear much fruit there in John. And and here's what I want you to see: being fruitful means to being fruitful means to grow, to increase, and to reproduce. Being fruitful means I, it's a process; it's it's a living thing. Being fruitful just means to grow, to increase, and to reproduce. It's a process. And if you can't write really fast, just take a picture of the screen. That's the best thing I can tell you to do to go faster. That way you can look at it later. So what I want to do is I want to, reprodu- I, want to, I want to grow and increase in the fruit of the Spirit in my life. But then I want to be someone that reproduces Spirit-born people. People who are born of the Spirit. People come to me and say, I see fruit in you that's different than I see in everybody else. What's the deal? Well, let me tell you the deal. The fruit of the Holy Spirit's coming through me because he loves me and he saved me and he can do the same thing for you. So we want to have spiritual fruit to produce spiritual people. People who are born of the Spirit. Does that make sense? And, and so we want, to, we want to have this reality in our life. So the two questions, and I'm just going to go fast because we've we got to do this. We've got to do it. We can do it. We can do it. I ain't been here in three weeks. We can do it. That the question is this, what is being produced in your life? Just think, you just, and take that question home with you. And just prayerfully think about that at home. What is being produced in my life? So what do you mean by that, Pastor John? My thoughts, my emotions, 
What are the things that's being produced in my life? And if you sit back and think, oh, I'm just a victim. I can't control. I just, stuff happens to me. I just kind of go along with the flow. You've totally missed it. You're powerful. In Christ, you're powerful. Without Christ, you're pathetic. In Christ, you're powerful. And in Christ, you have the ability to choose. Whisper to somebody next to you, you say, you have a choice. When you feel like, I just can't, I just, I just can't. No, you have a choice. And if you remember who you, he's made you to be, who he's blessed you to be, you now are remembered of the possibilities of what you can now be blessed to do. And you just, what's being produced in me? You just take note of that. And then you begin to say, okay, wait a minute, I'm going to remember who I am so that that starts getting stirred in me. And then, and really, what or who? You could put who on the second question. Who's being, who's being reproduced through me? Or what's being reproduced through me? You just got to look around. You just got to look around. And it's one of two things. If you look around and you don't like the harvest that you see, Everybody around me is negative. Everybody around me is broke. Everybody around me is addicted. Everybody around me is divorced. Everybody around me is drunk. Everybody around me is angry. Everybody around me is elevator don't go all the way up. Everybody around me is happy meals short of a few french fries then you need to ask some questions. Maybe you need to change your everybody. Say, I need to find somebody who's bearing fruit in the direction that I know God has made me to be and wanting me to do. And I've had enough of doing this. I've had enough of doing this because I now know this is who he's made me to be. So you need to be fruitful. You need to be fruitful. And the second thing is this. You need to multiply. You need to multiply. And one of the things I want to show you about multiplying is uh, disciple, the difference between salvation and discipleship. See, salvation speaks to addition, but discipleship speaks to multiplication. See, if you've been through discovery, you've, you've heard this. Uh, the, the, we've, we've talked about this from different principles and things in, in, the, in the discovery course. Is I asked the question, and I did this in Mexico, and it was just so funny. They all fell for it. Um, it's, what's the real fruit of an apple tree? And everybody says, apples, apples, um, manas, is what the, manya, manza or something, I don't know. What is it? Manzana. There it is, manzana. Very cool. Uh, that, um, and I'm like, I'm like, what's manzana? That's, that's an apple. No, it's, it's not an apple. The real fruit of an apple tree is not an apple. It's not, it's not even seed. Kinda is seed. Kinda is seed. But it's another apple tree. And one apple produces multiple apple trees. See, fruitfulness and goes to multiplication. And discipleship is about reproducing yourself, not just being a disciple, but being a disciple maker um, and, and reproducing yourself in your life. And, and so uh, 
so I think of these scriptures, Acts 2. You see, when, when people were saved, 3,000 people were saved, and then that group was there in Acts chapter 2, and they were growing. And it says that the Lord was adding to them those who were being saved daily. Notice the salvation was daily God adding people to the body, adding people to the family. But then that's an Acts 2. Acts 2. You skip over to Acts 6 and you see in Acts 6, 1 and 6, 7, what you see is um, you have addition in, of salvation, but now you see the disciples, the disciples was multiplying. The number of disciples was multiplying. And then the, the leadership, the leadership had some problems they had to deal with and they came to deal with them and here's what they, they did. They made a wise spiritual decision. Their doing matched their being and the spiritual leader said, we can't go do all this work. We can't go do all this work uh, because our first work, all these physical needs and doing all this stuff, our first work is to go pray and be in the word of God so that the people can be fed and, and can be growing in, in the word and we can teach them how to feed themselves in the word we can teach them how to pray in the word and so that's our first thing that we need to be doing because of what God has called us to be as spiritual leaders so they made that wise decision and they delegated the ministry they gave away the ministry for people who were filled of faith and filled of the spirit to go do things in the spirit to meet the needs of people and because they knew who they were called to, what they were called to be and what they were called to do and what the people were called to be and what the people were called to do, they came into alignment with that. And then you see Acts 7 and Acts 6, 7 is the disciples uh, multiplied greatly. And there's times in your life when you've got decisions of what are you going to do, and you can default to just, well, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. And you know that's not exactly what I should be doing. Happens to me all the time. But trying to be work smarter, not harder, being in alignment with my identity and what God has called and gifted me to be, and same thing with you, to match our doing with our being and give away some responsibility. Listen to me. I don't know who this is for, but you're in your house and you're overwhelmed. Mom, you are overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed because nothing's being done. First, let me just speak to the husband. Lord Jesus, I don't know if I'm going to pass these five things. Let me just speak to the husband. You're looking at your wife. Why are you so stressed out? Why are you so, my gosh, I go to work all day and come home. Well, your work compared to her work is a vacation. You stay home one day, see what happens. So what you need to, need to do is support her in her work. What's one thing you can do differently? What's one thing you can do because you are a godly husband? What's one thing you can do differently to come home and set a new tone of leadership in your house? Babe, I got those dishes. If you break one, just throw it away before she knows it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do one thing because one thing will make a huge difference. And mom, you're sitting there, oh my God, I'm always cleaning up. I'm always doing this. And you got these kids, different ages. So here's what you need to do. Give away responsibility. Kids, let me teach you how to clean your room. <gasps> but my kids won't. Well, they won't if you never make them. And you'll be cleaning that room, coming to your husband, I'm just so wore out because you ain't making the kids clean their room. And what you're doing is you're raising up, you're raising up future moms and dads who aren't going to know how to clean their rooms, who aren't going to know how to take responsibility. 
<laughs> just do it. Go home and be like, tell Junior, I want you to take out the trash. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? <gasps> Got a, you know, $3,000 iPhone. What? <laughs> I'm telling you what I would do. I'd walk over and pick up the iPhone. I'd go throw it in the trash. Now take out the trash. See if that gets your attention. In Jesus' name. The, rea- the thing is, you got to give away. If you want to multiply, if you want to multiply, you got to stay focused in who, you're, who, you're, who you are, who God's called you to be, walk in what you're supposed to do, and delegate to other people to raise them up. Well, what if they don't do it as good as me? They won't at first, but they will later. And I'm preaching to myself on this one. I promise you I am. That's why I'm saying it, to hold me accountable. And so I'm going to skip. I think I'm just going to skip some stuff. The third one is subdue. Man, I'm skipping good stuff. The third one is subdue. Third one is subdue. Subdue means you bring it under the authority. Uh, Tina taught last week the scriptures. It did such a good job uh, about, um, uh, well, the first scripture I want to share before I get to what Tina said is, is about these strongholds. Look at this, this scripture in 2 Corinthians. It says, for our weapons or the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, for the casting down of argument and every high thing that will exalt itself against the knowledge, the knowledge of God, who he's made me to be and what he's called me to do. The knowledge of God, uh, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So what that means is I have authority. Christ has given me authority. I have the ability to act. I have, he's blessed me with the ability to do because of who he's blessed me to be. And so I do not have to let thoughts and emotions take me captive. I take them captive. Well, I just strongly feel, well, you need to get over that. You need to grow up, understand who you are in Christ, and just make a decision. I'm not doing that because that, that doesn't look like and doesn't act like Jesus. So I'm not going to do it. And I'm just going to say, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Get an attitude. No, I ain't going to do it. And people look at you, what's wrong with you? I'm in a battle. No. No, I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to take, not only am I not going to do it, I'm going to take this thought that's lying to me or this emotion that's lying to me and I'm going to subdue it. I'm going to subdue it. You know what subduing is. I go to Chick-fil-A, I subdue that chicken sandwich. You're going to subdue those wings and subdue those ribs and that barbecue you're going to eat here in a little bit. You're going to subdue the salad. You're going to subdue it. You're going to tear it up. Because you're going to bring it under your authority. And and Jesus has given us authority. Tina taught about the delegated authority. All authority has been given to me, therefore go. So as we go, we're people on the go. As we go, we walk in the authority that Christ gave us and we subdue things. We bring things under the authority, not our authority, because we don't have any authority except for Jesus. So we bring people, we bring things and thoughts under, we subdue it and we bring it and make it captive to what? Make it captive to what? Captive to the obedience, captive to the action. Not just the idea of who I am, but what does this idea of who I am look like? What does this, what does this word of, that describes my identity, what does this word look like in action? And whatever this looks like in action, I come in agreement with this word and I subdue myself and whoever I'm in responsible authority over to have the action match the word. 
and I take captive. That's subduing. That's subduing. And God was telling them that because what he was saying is, hey, just letting you know, there's a serpent out there. There's a serpent, but guess what? You got him. You got him. One, two, skip a few. You got him. Remember who you are. Remember what I've blessed you to do. Walk in, walk, subdue it. Subdue anything that's not under the authority of God. And it's not violence. It's not going out doing violent things and trying to, even in our nation, trying to legislate righteousness. You live righteousness. You don't legislate it. And so subduing is in your life, bringing things into the captive of the obedience of Christ. And then the, the fourth thing that I want you to see, uh, there's that Matthew scripture, is take dominion. See, taking dominion is a little different than subduing. Taking dominion is divine leadership. Matter of fact, a good way, I hope I had the slide in here, yes, that divine dominion is my leadership submitted to his lordship. Divine dominion is not dictator. Divine dominion is not legislating righteousness. Everybody has to believe. Divine dominion is a servant leadership. Divine dominion is leading by example. You've heard me say it a billion times. Your opinion ain't going to change anybody, but your example will. So taking, I subdue things to bring them under the authority of Christ, and now that, that I and the things in my sphere of influence are under the authority of Christ, I now have the responsibility to take dominion, to lead with divine dominion, meaning my leadership is submitted to his lordship. I will answer to him for how I lead you. You didn't put me in ministry. He did. They didn't put you in that business. He did. So I will, I will answer to him for how I am an employer, how I'm an employee, how I'm a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, even as a child, I will answer to God for my actions if they're not in accordance with my identity. Because he's blessed me to be fruitful. He's blessed me. He's blessed me uh, to multiply. He's blessed me and he's blessed you to subdue. To subdue those things that are attacking and against the will of God. You never subdue people. You subdue the spirits behind those people. You're never against people. Never against people. They're slaves of sin just like you were. Our subduing is after the master who's slave over them. Not against the slave. That's why you've got to be so careful right now. I'm telling you, politically and every other way, you're going to end up fighting a battle up here, standing for your political right, and then ruining the chance to preach the gospel to somebody because all you cared about was your, was your political thing because something was happening. This is a balance for me. It's really hard. I need extra duct tape to just put it right over my mouth sometimes because it's really hard because, well, that ain't right. That ain't right. 
things are really hard. And you got to hear the Holy Spirit of when to stand and when to say and when not to. Because the greatest thing is not getting, the greatest thing is not getting your, your political candidate in office. The greatest responsibility we have is the great commission in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I don't care who wins in November. And I don't care what happens in November. That ain't going to change. And if your candidate gets in office and you think, whoo, now I can be a disciple maker, you've been lied to. And if your candidate gets out of office and you think, oh, no, how are we going to make disciples? You've been lied to. You've been lied to. The reality is, is we've got to be, we've got to subdue these, these, these principalities that are lying to people and blinding them from the gospel that's why you can't get your, your, your worldview from the news. You've got to get it from the good news. You've got to listen to him and, and let him lead you and, and, and make disciples in, in this thing. Because the last thing, the fifth thing that we're, that we're called to do, we're, we're, I'm going to go through them just so you, so you get them, that we're called to be fruitful, we're called to multiply. He's, he's blessed us to do that. He's blessed us, uh, you know, um, to subdue. To, to take dominion, that means, that means godly leadership. Anywhere there's not godly leadership, there's a vacuum created, and the enemy will rise up with false leadership. So you've got to be really careful of that. I'm skipping a ton of verses. The last one is this, bless. Bless. He's blessed you to be a blessing. Why is it important that you walk in these other four and you start walking who God's created you to be and, and, and change what you're doing to match who you are? It's because God's blessed you to be a blessing to somebody else. He's blessed you to be a blessing from somebody else or to somebody else. He's blessed you to be a blessing to others. The blessing on Abraham, you know the story, Abraham, that all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. We all have our realms and our things, and worship team, go ahead and come on up. We all have our realms and we have our spheres of influence. And you don't need to go beyond your sphere of influence. That's the problem with Facebook. There's some benefits to Facebook. But one of the problems of Facebook is it gives people access, gives people's voice and access to, to preach something and say something beyond their sphere of influence. The world hears what you're saying when in actuality God might be like, they don't need to. And so, in your heart this week, I'd love for you to do this. I'd love for you to, hopefully you took notes, those five things. And they're in Genesis, before the fall of man, but when we are reborn in Christ, we've been reinstated back to those five things. And we are blessed to be a blessing. But what if somebody's an enemy? Well, we bless our enemies too. We bless our enemies too. And I'm telling you, the greatest potential you have with your voice is not to get a certain candidate elected. The greatest privilege and opportunity you have with your voice is to fulfill the Great Commission. 
because you represent a throne, not a party. You represent a king, not someone we got to vote in. Bible says don't turn to your right hand or to your left. But put his word in your mouth. Put his word in your mouth. You're blessed to be a blessing. There's two things I want to do. We're, by the way, we're not doing, we don't pass the offering. And for those who want to give and give your tithes and give your offerings, we have giving stations um, out as by either door as you walk out and there's envelopes there and stuff you can you can give um, as you for those because people ask me all the time about that or you can give online if you want to um, and I, I want to we're going to go into a time of worship and as we go into a time of worship we're going to do do two quick things uh, we're going to have the altar team come stand up here we have people that that are trained and want to pray for you so I don't know if you're used to this, depending on what church you've been to, but as, as we worship, we're going to just worship God. It's not a concert. We're going to spend time worshiping God. If you want to sit, if you want to kneel, if you want to take notes, if you want to lay on the floor, just keep your clothes on, just lay on the floor. If you want to come to the altar and just kneel and just have time with God, if you feel like you have a word or something that you're supposed to go tell somebody else in this room, we'll just get up and politely and rightly just go, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you something. If you feel like you're supposed to pray for somebody else in this room, just go up to them, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Would, would that be okay? And if they say no, then don't do it. If they say yes, then pray. And, and we're going to have people standing here as we worship to be here to receive you that anything in your life, anything in your life that you're struggling with, for you, for your family, for your business, anything in life that you need prayer, you don't have to come give us the whole story because it's not Dr. Phil standing up here. But you can come here and we'll pray for you. If there's sickness in your body, we'll pray for you. If you just need fresh power from the Holy Spirit, we'll pray over you. We'll pray over you. And if you've not seen that in church, it's not spooky, it's not weird, we're just going to come into agreement and pray over you. And if you just want to have time with God, you come kneel, we'll, we'll leave you alone. You just have time with the Lord. But we, we start this with an opportunity for those who have never given their life to Christ, to those who are in this room right now, those who are in this room right now where you would say, I've never, I've been to church and, you know, I've tried to be a good person. My mama tried to get me to do this or do that. But you know what? To be honest, I've never really made a decision to surrender my life to Christ. I don't care if you've been in church all your life and you were a deacon at a church. I've known pastors who've gotten saved because they were doing church activity but it didn't make them a Christian. Faith in Christ, surrendering uh, who you are to who he is and beginning a relationship with him by making a decision and believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that he was raised from the dead, that's how you begin a relationship with Jesus. And it's a point of surrender. And if you're here this morning, you're like, I've never done that. I've just tried to kind of be a better person. Well, that's, you can't be a better person. At your best, you still ain't all that. None of us are. That's why we need a Savior. And so if you're here this morning, I want to start this time of worship and this time of prayer with leading you in a prayer. If you're here, what we do is we sing a song. I don't know who's singing. Are you leading it? So we're, and, and I love how Barry sang it with a little bit of joy. I can't get in. I, can't, I don't know how to do all that yet. I'll, I'll hurt myself. But I loved his point about singing it with a little more joy. Love that. So church family, why don't you just go ahead and stand up?
And if you're here, what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song reminding us, as, as we begin this time of worship, we're going to sing a song reminding us of when we made the decision to follow Jesus. And this room is filled with people who made a decision to follow Jesus. And if today is the day that you're like, I'm not wasting any more time, I'm taking action. I'm taking action. If today is that day for you, as we start singing out loud, I simply want you to come meet me right here. And we'll help you begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, in front of everybody? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, in front of everybody. You just come walk right here. Let's sing.